What's going on, everybody? We're back again after another another long hiatus. I know I'm sorry. Scheduling has been a bit of a nightmare this new year so far. But look, we're trying to make as best as we can. Today, I only have myself and Mike on to start. Uh, Rocco might be joining us a little later. But, you know, we had a Julio special. We got the Mikey special today. I'm pumped for it. Mikey's got a lot of things to say, and none of them are nice things. So, Mikey, how you feeling today, man? There's not that much to talk about. Not a lot's happened, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know, even though we haven't had a pot, I've been keeping track of our predictions. And there's been some shakeup in the table, but it's going to be later in the pod. Um, But before anything else, I want to talk about the most recent week of fixtures, both Copa Italia and Serie A, but primarily with Serie A, with Mike's team, Milan, or one of his teams, Milan, putting the thrashing, the thrashing, on Napoli. Mike, what did you think of the game? Yeah, so, I mean, crazy. Uh, it was 4-0. I mean, I would not have guessed. If you would have told me going into the match, Napoli took 4-0, I'd have been like, yeah, yeah. perfect, makes sense, mm-hmm. whatever. Milan played like the team that we all thought that they would be this year. They played like a better version. That, that might have been the best Milan game I've seen in, I mean... It's definitely this season. This season, that was their Definitely game. this yeah. season, but that might have been the best performance even going back to like last year. I mean, the team was just ripping. They were on fire, um, pressing way up, up, the, up the pitch. It was super effective. Napoli was really uncomfortable with the ball. Midfield looked really in command of the game. That's kind of what stood out to me is yeah. that Napoli just couldn't get into a rhythm once they got across midfield. When they got across midfield, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then just clinical. Leao was incredible looked like layout from last season which is one of the things that's kind of been missing um you know i mean salamakers goal was crazy yeah that, he looked like messi he looked like messi and maradona put together in in the formerly known as sao paulo stadium nonetheless um yeah i mean uh i mean crazy result yeah um and it's more interesting, you know like if if, if these two teams weren't playing in the champions league right it would be like oh like kind of weird one-off there from, from yeah. Napoli, like, mm-hmm. doesn't really mean anything. And, like, let's be clear, I still think Napoli has the league locked up, but that being said, it's kind of like, oh, oh shit, like, does Milan have a shot in this draw? Because <laughs> when, when it came out, I was like, alright, dead in the water, you know? Like, sucks to suck, but we're going to get our asses handed to us. But that was that was a real statement, I don't know. Um, and it's, like, weird to kind of, like, analyze it, right? Like, it's, it's like, is that Milan sending the message like, look, we can take you, and like they're going to be able to do that again? Because like, I mean, like four nothing's ridiculous. They won't be able to do four nothing again. But you could you could see like a two one a two nothing if they're really on their game. But I mean, like that might be a kickstarter for Milan, right? And like I think like a, a backdrop, right? Because the Champions League is definitely like what's most on Milan's mind right now. Yeah. I think. Um, but I think that this is really like a fight for one Champions League spot now. Because I think Juve's getting going to get their points back, and assuming they get their points back, it's a it's a it's a three way, really four way, because Atalanta kind of got back into it. Three or four teams fighting for that fourth spot, um, and Milan. This might kickstart their season. Um, they've looked like trash. I, I think since Roma drew them two two late at the San Siro yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, interesting kind of, like, subplots going on in terms of, like, could this, like, kickstart Milan? 
could this really be sending a message to Napoli? Like, and then if you're Napoli, like you're looking at it from their point of view, you know, like I've seen some like idiots online being like, Oh, like Napoli let them have that to, to mess with them <laughs> mentally. And I was like, I don't think that you, you know, I mean like obviously like yeah. Ossiman wasn't there, but like, I was like, that was destruction, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was bad because like, as you said, the midfield was the talking point of the game. Milan ran through and through. But another thing that was concerning me, if I wanted to hone in on one player in terms of their level of play, at least throughout the season and now, was Kim Min Jang. He looked, yeah, he, was bad. he looked really bad. And I get it. Look, you're not going not every game in a season is going to be a good game. But you had this poor performance off an international break, and now your fixtures are heating up again, where now you have Champions League next week against the same team. Similar outcome, I don't know. A different outcome, most likely. More likely than a similar outcome. But that was so, one part of it. And then also, I think not having Osimhen was another big part of it because <clears throat> Simeone isn't the ally that Osimhen is. Osimhen's pressing is another way that Napoli defends, where it's like he rushes center backs and wing backs so much with his nonstop pressure. Simeone isn't built that way, and aerial balls that were coming in. That's why I saw it's like Napoli were giving crosses in with Osimhen at least making some ruckus in the box. With Simeone, you're not making that ruckus. So there's another part of it where I'm just like, for nothing, you shouldn't be defending that p- poorly, but Napoli going forward may not have been as strong as they usually are when they're playing when they're playing with Osimhen. Big agree. I think Minjay, you know, like you can chalk that up to fatigue, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. he's coming back. He just, you know, he's flying back from Korea. That's that's not easy to do. Yeah. Rahmani, I think, was worse. Rahmani was awful. Um, yeah. I think it was a tough game for everybody in the midfield for Napoli. I think that so two things, right? Like on opposite wings, I saw Kravashele uh, uh, getting a lot of stick online and i don't think he played that poorly i just think that yeah. they kind of they they milan did an effective job of not letting the ball get to him and then yeah. calabria was pretty good when he was on him but it's not like he didn't look sharp it's not like he wasn't bright when he had the ball but on the other side politano looked atrocious i mean yeah he part of me he had some good dribbles, but again, he he just doesn't have that that doesn't have that pace. Yeah, that he doesn't have that need. breakthrough, that quick step that gets no. you around the defenders. It's like that's been what I've been lamenting on that right wing for so long. And like Lozano, I guess is faster, but it's like he doesn't like Peloton is crafty. Lozano is well, better athletically, so it's like you just need to combine the two, and you'll get the winger that you need on that right side. But I think that Sorry, as, you know, like as much like as much shit as I'll give Milan all season. Yeah. I still think Teo on his day is maybe one of the best, like three or four left backs in the world. And he just had Politano in his pocket and it let him advance. It let really Milan get into a flow of things. I mean, every single time it looked like Politano was going to do anything. Teo just caught him. And it it was bad. He let Teo get in his head too, which is like never a good thing to do with him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, on the Milan side, I thought Tonali looked great. Brahim, I mean, that might have been the best game Brahim's career. Yeah, and, that was crazy. And the reports coming out of Spain to put a sour on it is that he's going to go back to Real and then they're just going to sell. Because I think that the money to make him extended, full of like non loan, it's like 30 something. Like right? something I saw something like 26, then you add on bonuses or something like that. Um, well, it's just like it's the Morata deal. They're yeah. going to buy him and they're going to launch him. And it's like, 
I, I think, and I've been saying this for a while, I think that Milan needs Brahim, especially since I think Milan's selling way out at the end of the season. I mean, like, well, I think yeah. that they need to have Brahim. Well, and, like, Brahim, when he's on form, yeah, really he's... looks like such a great number 10. Brahim, Brahim is especially critical because the person behind him in that role is either Krunic or Dikitalar, and they both haven't performed well in that role. Okay, who was that second guy that you said? Kaka, sorry, you're uh, right. I have right. no idea who that is. Yeah. But like, uh, like you said, on him when he's on form, he's one, he's up there with the best midfielders or like fought like uh, number ten <laughs> in Serie Yeah. He's got a low center of gravity. He's fast. He's strong. Well, he's so, I mean, that drag back that yeah. he had was disgusting. He so, made Lavodka come out of his shoes. Yeah, so that you you touched on where I think has been the biggest improvement. Remember we said it last year where if you're not physical with him, he can tear you apart. But once he gets a hard tackle and he kind of had like, we were lamenting about Dybala a little bit, where it's like if you get physical with him early on, he kind of weeds away from his usual game. This season, he's taken tackles. He's gone into tackles. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to be as tough as nails. I'm going to get the ball. And I'm going to create. That's been the biggest. That's been the biggest upside in his game. And also, like, I think right now that game in particular, we saw the true value of Tonali, where they've been saying he's more like a Gattuso, where it's like shielding the back, getting the interceptions, getting the ball out, out and starting the break. You know, that was where Tonali was really fruitful and really you know successful. Coming to Milan. Now he's showing it. And I think having a guy like Benesser next to him, who's a little less aggressive, but a little more creative, I think you're starting to see that balance, which is really good. I still think that that Kessie Benesser Tenali midfield was so effective because yes, they all had such yes. great, like, complementary yeah. attributes. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, getting getting back to, like, the, the matches that are coming up, right? Like, I really, really was, like, not pleasing to the semifinal boy to walk over um i don't know anymore i mean like and i know like i don't want to be you know recently biased overreact at the hype but that was a really damn good performance for milan and like the thing about it that makes me kind of like believe that milan has a chance it's like that's the milan team that won the scudetto last year Mm -hmm. right yeah, but that's the team that presses, the team that was created, and they played that four three two one again. Yeah, um, that was another thing they changed formation again. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's part of the reason why they kind of got, like, why Napoli got smacked around is because they were expecting them to come out. Well, yeah, three at the back like they've been playing. Yeah, yeah, it's, especially when you're going up against a player like Cavada, where it's like he's one of the one of if not the creative engine for that team. Yeah, when you're playing that four back system, I think they had. Was it who was starting at the right wing? Was it Krunic at the right wing, or was Krunic? Yeah, he had Krunic in there. Yeah. I, so they they were switching they were switching uh, between going forward and, and when they were defending. Yeah, so um, which is kind of like a Spalletti move, which is cool to to use that on him. But yeah. like Pioli did well. I think like Pioli won that game. Really, I mean. No yeah, discredit got, to the players, but that was really great yeah, tactics. He got the tactics spot on, and part of his tactic was like, okay, even if Cavada gets the ball, and I saw this in. Um, during the Champions League, I I think if I, no, I saw it gets Inter where once Cavada got the ball, two bodies on him nonstop. They yeah. were just like, they're just like, we're gonna get, we can get you get the ball, fine. We're gonna put one guy by the byline and one guy in between the goal and you, and you figure out a way to get by us. And you know he is he's a great player, obviously, but you know two v one, the Matthews doesn't work out for the one. So yeah. that's another part of it. And I think Milan, in terms of stopping at least him. Milan now have shown a blueprint of like, okay, 
look, you put this dial in front, in front of him, you put two bodies, and then you have the striker or winger coming in to kind of be that second or third presser, and it's just game over. Well, I think like Inter kind of set that blueprint when they beat them earlier in the season. Inter, was hacking, kinda, the, Inter was hacking the shit out of them. I don't want to hear that because they yeah, got away with mean, so many fouls. Similar enough, though. And like, you know, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like Kravashelia didn't have as bad of a game as people would want to say. I think it was the other ten players on Napoli, Moret included, because he was abysmal. He had he had some um, really bad goofs. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. The whole thing was bad. Um but yeah, um I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand on what's gonna happen. I think like how Napoli responds against Lecce will at least be like a little you know indicator yeah um, um, hopefully it puts the win in their sails because i do want i do want the champions league match if anything to just be a really entertaining game like that that's what i want because i kind of i feel like this game is a very good opportunity to showcase that's like city doesn't deserve like the bad rep that it has you know with the quality of teams that are coming out it's like if you see this game and anything anything that napoli and milan do to build up like city street credit Inter is going to undo when they get destroyed. <laughs> I would just say, just give another Juve uh, scandal, then it's pretty much brings it back down to where oh, it that's, should be. It's coming. Just yeah. give it a month. There's another one coming. All right, Rocco's joined the chat. Rocco, any any thoughts on the Milan Napoli game? Uh, I was surprised. I guess is the big thing. You know, yeah. I didn't think that Milan was going to come in and slap up Napoli. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of like, fan. I know, you guys may have touched on this stuff, but, like mm-hmm. conspiracy theories that like Napoli yeah. let them win so that they could yeah, have a Mike, small sense of confidence. Yeah, Mike. Mike was uh, Mike was mentioning that. Um, I uh, I still think Napoli's the favorite for the tie. I mean, like, I think, as, I think as I, crazy as that was, I feel like you got to look at the body of work over the course of the, the season. I think Napoli's still the favorite. Here's my thing against that is that it's I'm like DNA. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in that in the champions league that like the pedigree means something. And even if none of these guys did anything on successful European Milan teams, they're still yeah. on Milan. And for some reason, I think that matters. Like, so here's Milan, the thing. I, I agree. And I'll say this, like if Milan get through this, I'm going to expect Milan to win the champions league. Like it's not <laughs> it just going to be like, Oh, like, you know, we could get to the final against, you know, whatever. It's gonna be like, oh, like now, like this is end game. This is what Milan does. They have a dog shit season and win in Europe. There were like seasons where Juve was like running. It was like similar to this. Like Juve was like running away with Serie A, and Milan was not. And I was like, I used to be a Juve fan. I used, to, I was like, I really just hope that Juve don't run into Milan in the Champions League because I think they'll scrub them because Juve. Even though they got some finals, you know, in the sort of recent future, for some reason I just don't believe in them. You know, I I think Milan in Champions League, even with a much lesser squad, would get through. At the time, it was much lesser. Now, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. Um, no, I think yeah. I mean, again, Milan is I think the second most successful team in Champions League in terms of number of trophies. They have they have seven. I think Liverpool have. Six? They should put that on their shirt or something. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> aren't you lucky? Uh, uh, didn't you? Did you see the uh, hilarious picture of uh, 
uh, when they they were celebrating um, at whatever Spurs' new stadium is called, not oh, Lifeguard yeah. Lane. Uh, and it's it's a... Salamacher points to the seven on it. I was like, dude, I was like, you have no idea what you're doing. No, but I mean, he, 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 Spurs are going to Spurs. I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, I'm biased, but Spurs are going to Spurs. But, you know, Rocco brought up where I wanted to go next. And I want to go to the lovely city of Turin. And I want to talk about our lovely, lovely Jay. Coveted, infallible Jay. So, they had a Derby d'Italia win uh, the weekend before. And they cruised to Sampdoria. And they're starting to pick up a lot, a good amount of form. Again, the 15 points is pending. But... Mike sent out a picture in our group chat a couple weeks ago about uh, the delusional Juve fans of the fact that they could win the Scudetto if Napoli dropped points. Guys, I don't know. feels like the Juve Empire hasn't left. It's still there. They still grind out results to still do it. I, I don't get it. What do you guys think? There's no way. I mean, <laughs> there's, if, if Napoli lose like 40 points and Juve get the 15 back, maybe. No, sorry, I, I, it's just, it's just like, I mean, so like the picture that Marco's talking about is like somebody did some like napkin math to like show Juve's way back to the title this and, season. Yeah, this if, season. If you they get see the, the picture points back, it's like assuming they get the 15 back, and it's like giving up. It's it's kind of assuming like a big collapse from Napoli. It had Napoli at the end of the season at 84 with Juve essentially winning out and getting to 85 and winning it by a point. Um, What's Napoli like, at right now? They're at 71. Yeah. And, and I mean, like people on Twitter were like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And I was like, you're insane. Like even like when they get the 15 back, because I think they're getting the 15 back, but when they get it back, like, they still got to play Napoli. It's not like Napoli's playing, you know, just the top half of the table for the, for the remaining 10 games. Um, but, like, also there's this whole other now pending other points deduction well, that you yeah. could get where it's like they could maybe get these 15 back and lose another 20 or 25 wait, or something. I was seeing oh, people yeah. saying they were going to get docked a total of 45 points this season. Is that – wait, what? I did the math. They would still be safe even if they lost another 20 what's points. The, uh, so, what's the second – Point deduction case based on is it the same stuff or is it something one of different? them is the Prisma one and I don't know what the other one is. Well, yeah, I mean it doesn't matter okay. because they'll find a way to corrupt the system. Find a J. So I'll say this about J. Um, <laughs> they they're the second best team in Italy. They are they're on really great form. They're winning games. Um, I can't deny that. They are so incredibly boring to watch. It's crazy. Like. It's so unwatchable, but they keep getting the results, and I mean that's what Olympic is all about. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Vlaovic not having a good season. Ooh. I mean, it's insane to me. I saw a stat yesterday that of like the J strikers, he uh, he has the like highest um, average minutes between goals. It's kind of yeah. crazy. And I think Kane has the best or something ridiculous like that. So I've been thinking about this. I I watched the Derby Italia, both the Copa fixture and at at the weekend last week. And I was thinking about it and I was trying to take note of like his average ball, like his average positioning when he receives the ball. He does it in two spots. If you're looking directly on the D of the penalty of the 18 yard box, it's to the left in between like the center forward and like the wing area. 
And then it's also in between, like on the outer circle of the halfway line because either playing a quick one-two to get into space or he's relying on that and then using pace to get around. I just feel like Allegri isn't utilizing him correctly. Like I, don't, I think, I think what? he's, I think he's relying on him to kind of just be like the breakthrough guy because a lot of his service is through long balls and on the ground through balls. So I think that he's using Vlavic incorrectly, where it's like he's not going to turn the pace because a lot of the center backs in Serie A know to be physical with them, and then he's not going to get that step on them. Just to play doubles advocate here, right? Like, I, and I agree that like Allegri is not a striker's manager, and that's why it kind of just didn't make sense to spend everything mm-hmm. on Vlavic, but. If, but why is Moise scoring? You know, like Moise, and it's not like it's not like Kane's like scoring these absurd goals from outside the box. Like he's getting in, he's getting in on the on the end of crosses and and, and balls. That he might just, just like, not be willing to track back, so he's just always in better positions because he refuses to to go back and and play a different way. But yeah, this isn't surprising, right? There they used to have some other guy who they were playing out of position. One time, Serie A MVP. Turn J Trader, who still yeah, owed money. Forgot. Who still owed money? Who still owed money by the team. Uh, no, but like, yeah, Dybala has played out of position a ton. Last year, Dybala and Vlaovic had looked pretty good together, uh, but that's probably because it left Vlaovic to stay up more because Dybala was deeper getting the ball for him. Um, yeah, and Vlaovic now scores like some penalties sometimes and. Don't really. I'm not really overly impressed. Are you sold on him though? Like, if if you were another team looking in, because I'm assuming that like like Arsenal. Well, yeah. Like, if you're a team that's like monitoring the Vlaovic situation, you're figuring like, okay, like he's not scoring. I bet he's not happy about that. Like, would you go? Would you pay what you've been paid to get Vlaovic? No, no shot. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. Thirty mil. I think Juve would still profit on him because of accounting, right? Like they could sell him sure, for yeah. more than his amortized value, but uh, nah. I like. Why would you buy him for eighty? Maybe it might be like that. A Premier League team no, that has like I, money burning a hole in their pockets would do it. Because I mean, look, Chelsea's considering seriously taking the, the buyback option on Tammy at eighty, and Tammy's not an eighty million dollar player. Vlaovic isn't an eighty million dollar player either. But I guess you're like the person who's buying defines the value. So. Maybe like United is really stupid and would do it, but I don't know. I just yeah, I if if I'm speaking from our Arsenal Arsenal supporter, I wouldn't want him for two reasons. One, he just seems like a bad attitude in the locker room because on the field his by language is so shit. And if you're who's, paying, who's Arsenal's backup goalie? No, we we can't have that. It's Matt Ryan, right? Wait, what are you talking about? Matt Turner. Matt Turner. Why am I saying Ryan? Matt Turner is the backup goalie on yeah. Arsenal. Right? Bang his yeah. wife. Yeah, we don't want Vlaovic getting involved with Matt Turner's <laughs> wife. Um, That's bad for us for for USA. Yeah, but no, like I I just see him as a locker room cancer just from his personality and like if you're paying that money for him going to Premier League team, he's gonna have this attitude that he's number one. Where it's like, no, you're probably the number two, if not the number three option behind um, Gabriel Jesus, uh, Trossard, and potentially Nketiah, depending on who's what the hierarchy is. That's one. Two, your production this season, he has, what, like nine goals or something like that? Nine, ten, something, some small figure like that. Something like that. And 20, almost 28, 29 games. Like, I, I'm, you don't deserve the top dollar for that. You would deserve probably a 40 to 50% haircut of that at best with the format you're doing. And you guys just said, if you want to put numbers behind it, he has the highest average of minutes between goals. Why am I going to pay for something like that 
where there's a where I can get someone for cheaper who's proven in the Premier League who scores goals and he could be more effective for my team and not be a locker room cancer. I'm sorry, Unless just, like the only other thing is like if you're some guy who like it's like I know better and you're convinced that like the talent is there and it's just about the service and you're like there's an but but why would you pay it like even if you're like there's an 80 million dollar player in there if if you, no one else would pay 80 why would you pay 80 yeah, you you don't want to pay 80 to find out that he's actually not an 80 million dollar player but know? i kind of right. feel like he must be right like i'm just like thinking back now to like what he was doing at fiore yeah that's kind of crazy i mean Fiorentina had a great yeah. system for him but i don't know i i feel like just the like he should be getting on the end of some more balls just but just by Considering the, the amount of, Postage, of times that Kostic, yeah, the amount of yeah. times that Kostic crosses, you would think that he would be able to latch onto something. Yeah, and Kostic, and when, yeah. And when you could play a little more attacking, and if they have Kostic and the other side is either Di Maria or Chiesa, like there's enough attacking talent around him that it should be that he's getting opportunities and, and getting some some goals, but it just doesn't seem that that's happening. Di Maria and Kostic are the two. Brightest spots in this Juve team. They're the only ones. The only ones. Well, I think I think like Rabio has been phenomenal this year. I think Rabio has played to his salary this year, which is incredible. (laughs) And like I'll say that for me, I've been like banging the Fajoli drum for a while, and I think he's been really good. And it's not like he's you know a world beater right now, but I think he's stepped in and done a really good job where he is. And for me, Love to a lesser extent, Miretti, I know a lot of people are higher on Miretti because he plays a little bit more advanced of the pitch, but I like I like the Fajoli type player. So I think Loka's looked better in the past couple of games. But, but that's because I mean, Rabio's better and that's because Fajoli's doing the Right. I was still gonna better. say, like he he's still definitely like not progressed the way that he should have over the course of these past like and Pog- three years. What? Yeah, I mean that's so crazy, Pog- man. It's so crazy. I saw a report. What's, he, what's even going on with him anymore, I man? Does it, anybody you know? Which doctor? I, th- I think they said his. Ha- I think it was his hamstring. Now, I think he said it was. I mean, at least he's getting hurt, like playing. You know, he's tr- training. You know, it's the only bright spot. He's trying, guys. He's not. He's not trying. It's just like this is a hilarious fucking blunder by Juventus to to give twice what they would have had to pay probably or something for, for Dybala. Maybe not twice, but to give more but than... You, but even if you want to assume that they're making the same them. salary, like who would help more? Availability. Like the dude on the pitch. Uh, I don't remember what that saying is. I, and I have to say, like, quickly to digress on Dybala really fast. Like, Dybala, for the most part, I know we've said on this pod, like, injury concerns with him, but this year he's been pretty healthy. You know, it's like for the most yeah. he had that stint right before the World, World Cup where Cup. he was out. Yeah, but, that, but some of that might have also been like to rest up for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, you're good for the World Cup. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, he's been he's been pretty durable, and like the the amount he's had to play and how Roma's useless one, if he's yeah. not on the pitch. So yeah. So real quick, was it a penalty or not in the Coppa Italia ninety fourth minute? Um, uh... I think so. I think it's a penalty. I think it's, I think it's a pen. I think because people saying that Dumfries fouls is yeah, when crazy. When your hand is like here, uh, I'm stretching out like perpendicular to my body. It's like it, it's a contact sport. Also, it's yeah, not it's like, like this is like a flashback to last year. If if you had Delict instead of Bremer. So I was uh, I was actually thinking that I was, I was about to make a comment in our group chat saying, "Wow, that looks like Delict playing center back again instead of Bremer." <laughs> well, I, I I'm thinking about it more just in terms of like people saying that Dumfries. Fouled, I forget who it was on the header, 
right before no, the handball. Absolutely not. No, his hands weren't I even agree. on him. His hands weren't even on him. Stupid, stupid but good segue to talk about Inter now. I think. Yeah. Um, Which one do you want to take? It's a it's a glu- it's a nice little bag right now for you guys to attack right now. I'll, I'll start it. Yes, um, Mike. I love it. I I gotta say the first thing I'll say about Inter is like yeah obviously they're on abysmal form mm-hmm. uh, like they look bad they're not scoring goals um. I, I think Inzaghi's out of ideas, and I think, frankly, he's he's out at the end of the season. Um, and and I gotta say, like, I I was pretty early on that, like, Inzaghi's got a go train. Yeah. Um, Not to toot my own horn. But uh, you know, I just think that, like, looking at it now, one of the stats I was looking at. I was like listening to another podcast too, and they brought this up. And Inter has had like really high XG in a lot of these games that they've lost, and they're just literally not scoring. And it makes like you watch the games, and it makes perfect sense. sense. Yeah, it's insane. So I mean, it does come down to some extent to to Inzaghi not getting the job done. But I mean, they have been so bad. The players in front of goal have just been absolutely shanking it. I, I, I don't know what's wrong there, and I don't know what the fix is. I think, like, obviously, like, Lukaku, who's, like, looked better in his last game or two, is just not... They don't keep him, you know. Unless it's a significant pay cut. If it's a significant pay cut, then maybe. I think so. Sure. I mean, if it's really significant... Like if it's, wait, on the topic of Lukaku, do we want to talk about how J fans are victims? Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's so dumb. That whole scenario is so dumb. It's so ugly and disgusting. It's just I mean, I, I like I, I just I I I just don't understand why the league doesn't intervene more often. Like the only well, now it's what they're gonna get a stadium ban or something, I think. Yeah, apparently they have this like, state of the art technology that will be able to get the the fans' photos of what they were Well, saying. that's because that's because in Italy, like, you have to, yeah. like, give your, your ID. You have to have your ID and, like, give your name and everything for the seats that you're in and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, I think that banning just a few guys doesn't really do the job, doesn't teach. I just, you know, like, like, why do they feel comfortable doing that? Right, and, like, it, this happens a bunch, and every time it happens, they'll be like, oh, it's, like, it's not, this is not the fans. This is, like, these few guys and it's like but you know they're sitting with the ultras they right like well, they, they were have saying, a place yeah they were saying that the guys that did the offense weren't ultras because apparently the club and the ultras are feuding with each other like the ultras aren't getting hmm. aren't like in the highest regards of the club as i heard on a podcast so like that like you can't really blame the ultras because i don't think many of the ultras go to the games anymore because of their quote-unquote club protest um but getting getting back to enter in terms of what needs to be done i think the best i i always want to give inzaghi the benefit of that but i'm starting not to anymore why i don't know i i genuinely don't know but i think i think the first thing that they should do aside without considering firing inzaghi is you got to clean out that squad that squad has a lot of age on it especially up front and also, it's you. You're having a lot of you have age in the back too because you're losing Skriniar and Devry's not getting any younger. You have Bastoni to build the defense around. Maybe removing Gonzagi and along with the squad clean out, you change you change the system. You have players that are good enough to change the system. So I think that's where you go from here. 
Did you get? I, I don't. I I just I feel like yeah, you can change the system, but like they might lose Brozovic this summer too. I think you know with all the financial issues too that Inter has, it's like. I don't, it, it kind of feels different than it did like last year, yeah. right? Like it, it feels much like bigger. It feels like this could really like handicap Inter, and if Inter doesn't make Champions League, which I don't think that they will, Not I don't really, think that yeah. they'll hold off Milan and Roma. To be completely honest, with the form that they're on, but um, yeah, I mean, something feels really wrong at Inter. Yeah, I, I saw the yeah I saw reports that they're still valuing any possible offer. The offer that they'll accept is I think a billion. They said a billion euros is what they're looking for, which I don't get how. Who like, would pay a billion euros? Exactly. To like yeah. Well, if I had like people. several billion dollars, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. But I gotta say, like one other thing about Nzagi, I think like I didn't think that he was right for the job especially when he was going to be taking it right after Conte and playing a very similar system. Like the, his flaws and inabilities were immediately on, like, you know, just there for everyone to see. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that's happened is that Sadi taking this Lazio team and making them look really fucking good yeah. with like not a ton of turnover, a little bit, but that, core team is still kind of there. It's really not a good look for Inzaghi. Yeah, the only turnover they really did was the goalkeeper and the center backs. That's really yeah. it. Every, everyone else's center mid is the same. I the, guess they have like Pedro now. Yeah, and well, and I think they had, I think, was Flip Anderson there last year or did he come back this year? I think he, I think he was there year. last year. He was yeah. there last year? Okay. But yeah. But Inzaghi definitely had him at some point and then he went to England and then came back, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Inter's going to get smacked around in the Champions League. I don't yeah. think that they have a shot of going they, forward. They're, they're playing arguably the second or third worst matchup because Benfica has been on fire. On yeah. fire. But, you know, in, in, in there's Pazza for a reason. You never know what you can get with that squad. They can either be, look like world beaters and beat Napoli 1-0 or they just barely deserve a tie against Juve in the Copa. And it's just like, you know, you never know what can happen. So, Obviously, I hope that they like get through for the sake of Italian soccer. Yeah. But Agreed. Agreed. I just don't see it that forward. Yeah. Um, but let, let's, let's turn a little lighter. Let's go to Rome where you guys... Have pledged your now rock solid allegiance. <laughs> what you guys? What you guys think of the Derby di Capitale last week? Right? Yeah, last week. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I mean, it's bad. It was. <laughs> it was like it was like one of the most Roma performances that you could see. But in a lot of ways, it was like the same thing as the the first Derby. Um, I felt like it was really cagey. Yeah. Um, I I think that the red card really changed the game. Yeah. Um, do you, you think, know, it's it's kind of undeniable. Do you think it was worthy of a red card, or at least I think it's yellow? kind of bullshit yeah. to give a second yellow that fast. Like, I didn't think it was that crazy of a challenge. I think also as the referee, like you have to realize what game that is, and you have to realize if you give someone a red card with sixty minutes to play. 
in a in, in not not just the derby, right? Like it's like it's like arguably the biggest derby in Italy, but a game that's really going to change the complexion of what the Champions League race looks like. Yeah, I think it's kind of. I don't know. I, I thought it was the wrong decision, and obviously, like I'm a little bit biased there because I'm rooting for Roma in that game. Um, but I mean, it was bad. I thought that they did a pretty decent job defending, to be quite honest. After they were down to ten men, but yeah. there's not much that you can really do against a pretty pretty potent offense defending for an hour with ten men, yeah. and then tough break to just be slightly offsides on the goal. Yeah. No, and also like. I gotta commend Lazio. Like Zakani was unplayable yeah. that game. He was he was on fire. No nothing Roma did could stop him. And it sucks because he was going against Spinazzola. Was he? Yeah, Spinazzola. And it was just like Spinazzola is not known for his defending, so Zakani just had free reign. I thought that he was on the other. I thought he was going up against Zalewski and kind of got burned burned the young boy. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. But I mean, that, either way, that yeah. goal was really clinical. It was disgusting. Yeah, Zagani's yeah. been real good this year. Um, yeah, that whole team has. I mean, if we're gonna just like focus in on them for just like a second, yeah, I yeah. think they are really taking to Saudi ball. It's mm-hmm. cool to watch it, just kind of like aesthetically. It's terrible to watch it if you have any feelings for Roma. <laughs> um, they they look good. Um, I thought that their game against Napoli was, you know, interesting in that it was like the first time I could remember Sarri being like, we're going to put 11 behind the ball um, and we're not going to try to play our system. And, you know, kind of smash and grab, and and it worked. They got their three points, and those are a massive three points going forward. We'll see what they can do, but I think at this point, like Lazio is kind of a lock for Champions League, which I don't necessarily know that I would have, believed if someone told me at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, I have I have the uh, top four, uh, the top six predictions that we can go through uh, at the end of the season. No, no. no. I think, season. I think that those don't need to get brought out ever again. Drunk when I made those calls? I think, I think we need to realize that, you know, we need to bring ourselves down to pay when we're feeling high. You know, that, that's what I see with those. Who's teams. feeling high? I Every week I feel like I talk about my bad Napoli picks, taking them like sixth place or something. Well, you you did really well with these picks, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, man. I'll say one thing What's up? about the, the Derby. Usually the Roma uh, social media people are really on point. Thought their video was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, the the one when they were the home team was electric. It was yeah. so dope. I was, yeah, I was hoping for a little. This other one wasn't wasn't so great. But what? Real quick before we switch gears from Roma, I feel like it's kind of crazy to me if you were to tell have told me like going into the season, Roma would have the second best home defense in Italy at this point, but really struggle to score goals. I would have been like, that's insane. They're they're like so they're going to be so potent up top. And obviously, like you lose uh, the demise of Tammy. He was yeah, but, but, but this yeah. is kind of just who, like who I heard a really good point on another podcast, and it was like if you took Tammy last year and this year and divided it by two, that's exactly the player that Tammy is. He's not the player that he was last year, and he's not this iteration of Tammy. And I was like, it's pretty, it's pretty good take, honestly. Like he's just he's not getting it done. Yeah, but I, I'm more concerned about what what the outlook for Roma is because I've seen them. Well, one Mourinho can't stay on the pitch, right? Like he can't, you can't coach his team. 
for like consecutive games because he always gets a red card. <laughs> That's one. Two, there when all the red card that last one was bullshit. Agreed. Yeah, they're out to get him. Yeah, he <laughs> he's out, out to get him. Um, no, but like also some of the positional choices, like. I think it was was it against Lazio. Was it the last game? He had Wijnaldum in like a false nine, like center forward position. Wijnaldum was like the the la- the most forward man a lot, but he scored in the last game. Well, so. yeah, he scored. But I'm saying he's like he's a center mid. He's he's a a Grinta center midfielder. That's his best role. And you're putting. Well, I think him that the they're still just trying to figure it out. Like, yeah. Genie just got back, and like this reminds know, like, me of it when. Uh, when Max was playing Vidal, like really far up the pitch, green to center midfielder, but being pushed forward, maybe some similar. Yeah. So I'm looking at Roma's schedule now, and their schedule is really tough. So this weekend they have Torino, then Europa League first against Feyenoord, then home at Udine, then Feyenoord again, then away to Atalanta, home to Milan, away to Monza, home to Inter. Away to Bologna, and then home to Slavonia. Away to Fiore, and then home to uh, home to Spezia. Like that's, yeah, yeah, it, that's it's tough, but also like if you're looking at it as an optimist, it's like but they're playing the teams they need to play. So if yeah, if so if they, they drop points, results yeah. against like Milan and Inter, it's like those are they're they, you know they have that's two six pointers that they have waiting for them. So yeah, yeah, or I just yeah. Another way to look at it is it's like if you want to be a Champions League team, these are the games that you got to go out and win. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I think about, like, outlook for Roma as a longer term. Um, it seems like Cammy's going back to the Prem. And if that means, like, an $80 million trigger, like, all by all means do it. Because Especially Roma after needs this that season. money. Um, Bellotti has been a real bust, I think. Mm-hmm. Pellegrini is really struggling to adapt to a new role and, like, Kudos to him for not complaining about having to give up his spot to Dybala, but he's been a shell of himself. Um, yeah, they're just hot and cold too. You know, like sometimes they look like completely electric, and then other times it's like they if Dybala doesn't produce something, they're terrible. And they're lost. But uh, I've been I've been liking Solbach, and I think he's playing pretty he's well. He's looking good. Yeah. I also think that uh, what's his face has come back after Jose tried to exile him from the city. I'm of telling Roma. you, Rick Karsdorp <laughs> is going to be the captain of Roma one day. <laughs> no, it has to be Roma. He's you. looked so good. Yes, he's looked good. Jose's bought back in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I mean, like, when they played Zalewski, like I get that Zalewski's like 20, but it's a real considerable drop off to when they have yeah. Karsdorp in the back, and Spina has looked. Incredible over the last couple of months. Uh, he's, I think he's yeah, like looks he's, like he's back Euro form. Yeah, Euro just hope form. that he can stay healthy, man. Yeah, especially for the Azuri. Let's hope for that. Um, yeah. Uh, last topic, then we could do game picks. What are you guys making of Atalanta's season so far? Well, I was gonna say we have to do at least one more after this, but I'm happy to chat Atalanta. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it, it's like it's like I, like Rocco just said, hot and cold. Yeah, but I'm like it's, it's, very, it's hot and cold. It's very <laughs> up and down. Very up They're, and down. They had a spell when everyone was like, "Oh, like this team's trash." There's like yeah. they're not even going to qualify, like fight for sixth. And then now it's like, oh, they're they're back in the Champions League race. Like they look like pretty clinical again. 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I think like Lookman has had points where he looks like a really top quality guy in the yeah. league. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's tough, but I don't know. Every every time I hear someone's going to play Atalanta, and the one thing I have to give Atalanta credit for is that no matter who you are and where your position is in the table, when you go f- play Atalanta, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get physicality and you're going to get speed. And it's just they're like, just going to try to outscore you. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> consistency is that they're physical and they're crazy athletic, but they have the quality. I think. The Malinovsky departure has really hurt them because I feel like he was Agree. a he was a creative spark for them, and also he was a threat from 30, 35 yards out with the free kick where he could just knuckleball it from wherever he is and yeah. rifle it in. I think uh, Postelich has looked okay. There's Dutch center forward. What the hell is it? Hoyland, I think is his name. Is like a young. Is it Dutch? It might be Dutch. I don't know. I'm probably getting all these names and nationalities wrong. But him and Lookman as a striking partner have looked really good. Um, uh, they just they keep doing what they always do. Their recruiting has been phenomenal. Um, Lookman, who would have thought he was like kind of a cast out from England, comes over to Italy and fucking tears it up. They have this the, again. The young guy I just mentioned, I think his name is Hoyland. Um, he's been tearing it up too. He's been very progressive with the ball. I think he's only eighteen, nineteen years old. So twenty. He's twenty. All right. I got. I was one age off. I think ball guys look good. Too, but he, not he's, like, he's been kind of inconsistent though, wouldn't you think? Like I feel like there's for some, sure, yeah. for sure. But who else did you want to speak about, Mike? Fiore. They've won seven of their last eight. They're on crazy hot Marco's form. Boys. I'm trying not to. I'm not trying to jinx it. So I'm trying. They're to... on insane form. I mean, like I'm enjoying the ride. Whoa! They like they came back from like they were seven. They, they look they, dangerous. They were they were seventeen at one point. Seventeen or sixteenth at one point. They look legit dangerous, and I think like one guy that we've definitely like had our fun poke, like poking like we poked fun at on this bot is Castro Vilates. Yeah, and he, he looks so good right now. He's like getting back. He's playing defense. He's doing it all on offense. He's like really showing that like brightness. When they have Jack too, right? Oh, I was gonna say Bonaventura looks like, t- like ten years ago. Jack Well, yeah. If you, I mean, yeah. again, like they've always had these players. Like that roster is a good ro- like that midfield. Yeah. When you look at the names of like one Serie A veterans and two like up and coming talent, like that midfield is really good. It's just like. They either can't score or they can't defend, and no one makes any sense of it. It's just I like thought, I, I thought that they were going to make a European spot this year. Um, they still can. They and they're also doing really well in Conference League. So, well, that, that's the other thing that I was going to say that they have a chance to legitimately win the Conference League. Like they are the the best team left in that tournament. Yeah, I think I think like legitimately, and this isn't me just like blowing smoke up everyone's ass. I think that they can win Conference League. And in an odd way, I'm like, Conference League kind of might become like Italy's thing. I don't know. Yeah. Roma winning it last year. Fiore could win it. I think that Roma has a real shot at the Europa League. Well, they also, I think Jose, well, you also have Juve, sorry. too. You have two Italian what? teams. Well, in what, what I was going to say is I almost feel like Jose is such a good cup tie manager that between the two teams in the Europe uh, yeah, it's just two left, two Italian teams. Right? Yeah, it's it's Juve and Roma. Not, uh, yeah, I, we're in conference again. They got knocked out. I think between those teams, I think Max. I mean, Max is just not a great cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. manager like European cup manager, and I know that he 
he's better to, than Conte. Yeah, he's better than Conte. He's gotten <laughs> to like the finals and stuff like that. But like, I think like just like seeing like what they even did in Champions League. I know you could like look to it and be like, they're a different team in October than they are now. But I don't know that I trust them to win it. I don't know that I trust them to like put all of their eggs in this basket. Yeah. Um, even though maybe they might, because like they might still be viewing it internally as like their best path into the Champions League. Um, but I, I think like Roma has looked really, really good in their knockout stages. They were like a little bit not great in the group stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, but, as we saw. I know, I know. Um, but they looked real good against Sociedad. Um, I think that they like Feyenoord will be an interesting one because like much of the feud going on right now between Feyenoord and Roma. But, oh, like the fans, right? Yeah, they're like I, I don't even know like how it got started, but um, I know that they're banned travels, no traveling support. Then. Yeah, for either. But I think that Roma has a good shot. I mean, I'm I'm sure like I'm not like trying to like downplay Juve just because. You know, well, they got a okay. tough draw. They got a tough draw with Sporting. Sporting's a good team. They're not. They're not slouches. Yeah, I, I also think like that's like the thing, right? Like Nice was pretty easy to get through. I think Sporting's a much dip, more difficult draw. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like if you if you gave me those two versus the field, I feel like I might take those two. Yeah. In Europa League versus. Uh, you know, like obviously, I don't think that any of the three Italian teams are winning the Champions League. But what did you do? to get to the final, what would you do if we had an all Italian final out of just pure chaos? In both cups, in both cups, we just rule, <laughs> we just rule European champion. We rule European competitions. And Fiore wins the conference league. We would, would be amazing. Would we, would, we, would we be the Super League? Is that how it works? A super league is a, is a concept I don't think you understand. <laughs> it's based on profitability and uh, yeah, uh, bringing yeah, soccer it, back it, to the it, fans. It, it would never be profitable. You're right. Um, all right, guys. You want to do game picks? Let's do it. Right. Uh, are we going to go over last game picks? Well, you keep so saying I did we well. Have, so We have so many like last game picks So like that we uh, missed. But like there's been a huge shakeup. So previously, I had about a ten point gap to Galano, and then it was Galano had four points behind me. Then Mike was tied with Galano, and then Rocco, you had about six to seven points behind Mike, and then Julio was obviously dead last. So for for lack of excitement, Julio was still dead last, but the margin is pretty significantly cut. It's only seven points behind who's in front of him, which is Mike with forty three points. So Rocco jumped Mike with 45 points and he's only two back of Galano with 47 points. I'm still, okay. I'm still at the top of 51 points, but my gap significantly shrunk because yeah. there were two weeks where I had literally zero points, but there was one week where all of us except Rocco got a point. I mean, sorry, all of us, all of us got zero points and Rocco got two points. So there we, we go. That's we what had, I need. We had one really bad week. But let me create this new sheet in the pod. And then I can we can pick the games that we're going to pick for this week. And I will give up until the beginning of the first game of the games that we pick for people. To it could be games. early tomorrow morning or at some point tomorrow morning, depending on the games we pick. Oh, for you. Yeah. 
Hey, man, what's the the early or the earliest one is eleven for no, you guys? I think, so. I think it's three o'clock now. I'm no. seeing eight a.m. Yeah. So town versus Inter. They're, they're squeezing so the eleven a.m. for Friday you guys. and Saturday because of Easter. Oh, okay. Hold on one second. Yeah, I'm looking at Roma's thing like an idiot. Okay, matches. Here we go. Yeah, tomorrow eleven a.m. is the earliest one. Yeah. You're right. I apologize, Rocco. Um, it's okay. Oh, also, just a housekeeping note: that guy Hoyland is Danish. Danish. So. See, I I knew I was making a mistake because you know I'm never right about those things. Um, okay, so we have Lazio v Juve, Atalanta v Bologna, Torino versus Roma, and then we can do Napoli away to Lecce or Udinese hosting Monza. Which one do you guys want? Or wait, hold on. Actually, I got a better one. Let's do some Dorio Cremonese because that's a relegation fight. Oof, I like that. Let me punch it in. Punch, punch it in, punch it in. Nice. Rocco, you got first pick. In what game? Uh, Lazio v. Juve. I'm going to say the game and then we'll just do picks from there. Lazio v. Juve in Rome. In Rome. Uh, 2-1-J. I don't know if I like the score. I think you guys are going to win, though. Mike, you're up. All right, so I'm trying to figure this one out yeah, here. The, um, Mike's doing the mental math. Well, I think, like, as, like, a Roma interest, like, you want Jay to win it. Just uh, because, like, either way, right, like, you don't think that they shouldn't catch you. Um, plus, if they get their points back, like, you're not catching them. But I'm going to go 1-1 here. Okay. I'm going to go the opposite of Rocco, 2-1 Lazio. Because I think Olympico... There's, I there's think, more points that I'm going to catch up on. Yeah, there, I think I think the Olympico is going to be bumping with this game. Especially with me, they, they can solidify a, second, a little more solidity for second place. Next game is Atalanta v. Bologna. Bologna. Yep. And Mike, you got the first pick. I'm going to go 2 0 for Ladea. Rocco, you're up. 3 1, Atalanta. Oh, man. Big, big scoreline. Okay. You said 3 1, right? I want to make sure I get it. Yes, sir. I'm going to go against Bologna, Atalanta's home. I'll copy Mike. Actually, no, I'll do 2 1. I won't copy Mike. I'm original. Copy Okay. Next game is. What did I say? Uh, Torino Roma. That's what I said. And Samp Cremonese. Yep. Torino. All right. I go first on this one. I'm going to go one nothing Torino. Good old Galano tradition. Okay. Because they're that first. Get that first. Give me 2 nil. Roma. 
was a, that was a dramatic pause. Yeah, that was, no, it was I, like a dramatic decision. I just didn't think that you guys needed me to specify. I don't pick against it. I don't, I don't assume because if we play this back and you don't say the team, then you're like, you're supposed to assume that I didn't pick a team. Yeah, you shouldn't put it in. I'm trying to. That's true. Yeah. Rock I'm going to take 2-0 Roma also. Wow. I would have picked that if I went first, though. And I didn't take all that time to deliberate to, if Roma was going to win or Torino. He's trying to risk mitigate Mike, so Mike can't pass him. Exactly. I'm going to... All right, let me just make sure something is, is a relegation fight. I'm pretty sure it is. It is, it is. Yeah, so... Oh, wow, they're only two points away from each other. Yeah. They're so bad. They're so Really, bad. really bad. Okay. Mike. Assant is, like, shameful. It, <laughs> I don't understand how they're so well, bad. So, it's crazy because it's, like, they're so bad and also, like, somehow 200 million euro are, like, yeah, I was, like, yeah. who would have put money in that club, like, to begin yeah. with? Um, I'm going to go with a gentleman's nil-nil draw. <laughs> <laughs> Rocco, you're up. Uh, no, no, no. I got to change that. Their defenses are both so bad that someone's going to score. So it's 4 threes, what you're telling me? Uh, no, no, they're not good enough to put the ball in the back of the net that often. I'll take 1-1. One, one. Wow, still going with the no, 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 I'll take 1-0 Somp. I'll take 1-0 Somp. <laughs> All right, Rocco, you're up. I'll take the other side. 1-0 Cremonese. Whoa, they get their second win. Yep. I'm going First, big. Not against Roma. Well, hey, I'm they, going they, big. They, they dicked on half of the Coppa Italia game, so you never know. There, there's a winning side in there, I guess. Excuse me. I'm going to go 2-1 Samp. Okay, I'm going to read these off. Make sure I get these right, guys. Lazio, Juve, Mike, you have 1-1. Rocco, you have 2-1 J, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Atalanta v Bologna. Mike, you have 2 nothing Atalanta. Rocco, you have 3-1 Atalanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You both Wait, have... you said 2 nothing, right? Yes, 2 nothing Atalanta. Yeah. Okay. And then Torino v Roma, you both have Roma 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Sam Cremonese. Mike, you have 1 nothing Samp. Rocco has the opposite for Cremonese, right? Yes, sir. Perfect. All right. Uh, that pretty much ends the pod, guys. I mean, it's been a long time coming, but you know, we our schedule is finally aligned, and you know, let, let's hope for better for same luck next week. Yeah, good to be back. So, <laughs> all right, guys, bye.